With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Abundant Solutions Hour. Our goal is to help others be more, do more, and have more. I'm your host, Gregory Turner. And I'm your co-host, Brian J. Henderson. Brian, I think we have a different kind of show tonight, one that's uh, very touching to me, and I think it's a lot of information that a lot of people would definitely need to know that, you know, some things that we don't know. Brian, you remember when you were little and you were home and somebody in your house made you mad, your mom or dad made you mad, or they got on to you about something and you you said to yourself, I'm just going to run away. You know, you, you you run away for a little while, and your stomach starts growling, and it starts getting late, and you start getting scared, and next thing you know, you go back home. But that's not the case anymore. When kids run away now, they mean it. And it's so sad. I think with time... You know, when we were growing up, a lot of things, we weren't exposed to the things that kids are exposed to now. And a lot of the kids are abducted. They're taken away from schools, shopping malls, and sometimes parents, they may turn their head and turn back, and the kid is gone. You know, you, you remember when you were growing up, Brian, and you had those thoughts of just running away? You know, Greg, my, my story is a little different than that. I actually was at home with my older brother, and uh, and my oldest brother was supposed to be there watching. He's about five, six years older than he's about seven and a half years older than I am, and about five and a half years older than my other brother. So my oldest brother left with his friend and figured he'd come back before my mother got home, my father got home, and uh, my other brother he went to sleep, and so here I was afraid because he was asleep and I felt like I was home by myself you know and so I went to the neighbor's house next door and uh our neighbor he was a he was an older man and he would and it's you know funny story he would always get drunk and just fall out and so I was at his house watching TV he's in his other room drunk sleep you know, and I'm watching cartoons, I'm having a good time, I'm watching TV, and everybody on the planet is looking for me. You know, and they're panicking, and, you know, I couldn't hear anybody calling my name because I had the TV up loud. Right. You know, and so finally, someone was able to, you know, they knocked on the door, but I was told, don't open the door. You know, unless, you know, and it wasn't my house, so I say. Well, and his name was Mr. Jones. So I said, Mr. Jones, will answer the phone, answer the door. It's his house. And so I wouldn't answer the door, you know, even though I heard people bamming on the door. So finally he woke up and he said, yeah, he was afraid. So he came in here and went to sleep, you know. But at that time, you know, you had police and everybody else looking for him. And it wasn't that I was abducted or anything. I was just, I was just afraid. Yeah, yeah. You know, and so... You know, you have that situation even nowadays where kids are left at home, you know, or there's a an older sibling that's supposed to be watching them, and that older, older sibling may do something, you know, or may, may be gone, and so that kid walks out or walks away. Or even a situation where a parent may be asleep, and that child gets afraid, you know, and it's just simple fear, and that child walks away. Yeah. You know? I was in Six Flags one year. And we were waiting to get on a ride, and a parent was standing there with her daughter. She had her other kids with her. Well, it was probably about three kids she had with her. And one of her children walked away for a second, and she didn't She didn't know the child had walked away. 
And you know how it is at these amusement parks. So many, so much traffic. So many people are walking different ways, and you're bumping into people. Mm-hmm. And she turned around, and her child was gone. What I saw, the the fear that I saw in that mother's face. I mean, I'll never forget that. She lost it. Right. Her child was missing for about three minutes. But I guarantee you, that was the longest three minutes of her life. The mother, that is. So. Missing children that is something that's so serious. We a lot of times we don't really think about it because it's not in our it's not affecting our home, right? And we don't know. And I was talking with our guest tonight, and she was telling me that thirty three percent of the children missing are African Americans. Thirty three percent. That's alarming. I, I I didn't know that. I had no idea. But how can we know that when it's not? Uh, being broadcasted on the airwaves and on television. we just It's like we don't have the information that we need to know how serious this is. Yeah. You know, and when you look at the situation with the media, you don't really know if it's just the fact that maybe, you know, these African-American families don't know who to contact in the media. You know, you don't know if it's media bias. You know, and you, and there's no real way to say, you know, it, but the reality is that these children are missing. Yes. And our job tonight is to get the information out there. We want people to know what's going on. We want people to have, you know, the information on how to contact the authorities, who to contact, you know, what to do, you know. And so tonight we have with us our special guest, Courtney Thomas, and Ms. Thomas is with Saving Our Children. Ms. Thomas, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Good evening, gentlemen. Hi, Good evening, Thomas. and welcome How are to the Solutions Hour. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you so much for having us. We really appreciate your support. Thank you so much. You know, Ms. Thomas, tell us, you know, besides the statistics, you know, what is the reality as far as uh, African-American children that are, that are you know, missing well, um, Greg made a very good statement. He said that 33% of the children that are missing are African-American. However, what's really sad is that every 40 seconds a child goes missing. So if you think about that, every 40 seconds, there are only 60 seconds in a minute. So almost every minute and a half, there are two children that are missing. And of those children... 33% are African-American, and it's just you don't see them because we're not in the news, we're not on the television, we're not on the milk cartons, we're not on the posters, we're not on the billboards. So it's something that you really don't think about unless it happens, like you said, in your home. Then you become aware of it. Yeah, and, and you know, my thing is I, it pains my heart to hear about it. You know, I think everybody, you know, that's, you know, not just the people who are listening, but I think everybody has either been a victim of this or know somebody who has. I know myself, I have three children, and just about every last one of them have been, you know, quote, unquote, missing, not necessarily, you know, for a while or for a long time, but, you know, I remember we were in the mall in Orlando, or was it Daytona, and... You know, I was there for a family reunion, and my youngest daughter had stopped for a second. We were all walking back to the car, and she's walking with some of the older cousins, and they weren't paying attention, and she stopped for a second. And, you know, just me and, and my fatherly sense, I said, where's the baby? Right. You know, and luckily, she stood right there where she was, and she didn't move. And I don't know if maybe she figured we were going to come back to that spot, but that's exactly what I did. And then I scolded the other kids. I said, "You all know we have a buddy system, you know. So if you're if that person's with you, keep that person with you, you know." And my son has gotten lost countless times. You know, he's sort of he's like what I what I I kid him. I call him the space cadet sometimes. He will get <laughs> lost in space in a minute. <laughs> yeah, well, children do have a tendency to do that because something will be so important to them that they just have to walk off and see it. And 
that's the time when they become the most vulnerable. Right. Especially in toy stores where you have these predators, that's where they lurk. Mm-hmm. And they just lie in wait for our children to come into these stores. Because if you're going to the mall and, the, and strategically the way they're placed, a toy store will always be near a store that is for children mm-hmm. because that's where the drawer is. Right. So they strategically place them there, you know, and as a parent, you know, Mommy, can I go in? Mommy, can I go in? Mommy, can I go in? At some point, you're just like, okay, go ahead. And not realizing you're letting them go there by themselves, and you don't know who's in the store. That's so true. You, don't know, you know, and it's and it's something so innocent, but it's something that could be detrimental. Yes. Ms. Thomas, sometimes uh, when I leave out to go to work, sometimes I leave 7 o'clock, and the school bus pick up the children. Sometimes you see, I see kids six years old, seven years old, walking to the bus stop by themselves. That is yes. that is scary to see that. You see a kid standing on the side of the road where the bus is, and you look around, you don't see another car, but this, this little kid is just standing there by himself waiting on the bus. Yeah, and what's so sad is that in this day and age, so many parents have to work. And they feel like they don't have any options. But what we really need to do is learn who our neighbors are because there's usually some mother or some grandmother who, if you pay her a small fee, may walk your child to that bus stop and stand there and wait with you and bring that child home. I mean, when you're doing it and when you're struggling financially, $20 may seem like a lot, but when you think of what your loss would be if your child disappears or if your child is abducted, that twenty dollars doesn't mean anything. Exactly. It may just mean you can't go to Starbucks for a week. But you know what? It's worth it. That's true. That's true. You know, and one thing that I try to do, and it's so it's so scary when you see a child like that, and you can't just pull over and say, "Well, I'll stand here and wait." You can't. You can't do that now. No, not me saying. When when you do that. You're considered the predator. You know, it, it's kind of hard to tell that parent, well, I'm just waiting here waiting here with your child for the bus to come. You're a total stranger. They don't know you or someone sees you and, and, and call in your tag or whatever, and you stand there with this kid. Now you're in a world of trouble because you want to try to help. Exactly. And, Especially for males. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's a little bit more acceptable for women because they, it's just in society it's just slightly more acceptable. But now, because you don't know, you live on a block, you don't know who your neighbors are. You, know, you live in a community where you don't know who your surrounding neighbors are, and, and that's what's so frightening because it could be someone that you aren't aware of. When we were growing up, we knew who our neighbors were. That's right. And if something happened, the neighbors would call or they would get involved. Parents don't get involved now. Right. You know, I was thinking uh, when Greg talked about this, child waiting on the school bus, in the morning when I take my children to school, you know, I take the same route every day, and as I get closer to the school, I notice all the kids who walk from a housing community uh, that's probably about maybe a half a mile from the school, and there are literally children that walk their little sisters or little brothers to the nursery that's about a block away from the school. And then they walk to school. Yes. And, you know, when I, the first time I saw that, you know, my daughter says, oh, that little girl's in second grade, and that's her brother. He goes to daycare. And I'm thinking, here, she's a seventh, you know, second grader, about maybe seven, six, seven years old, and she's walking a four-year-old to daycare, and this is acceptable? You know, and so, I mean, it's it, it, it's so sad that we live in a society where that ha- where that's actually a problem. Because I can remember being young, you know, my older brothers, I could go anywhere and everywhere with them, you know. And we were, you know, with my older brother, we were only about two and a half years apart. We were everywhere. We'd go to the mall. We'd go to the beach. You know, we'd be everywhere. And I think he was 10 and I was 8. And we were everywhere. In the summertime, we'd leave the house and when when the sun came up and we'd get home before the sun went down. Right. <laughs> and it's like nowadays, you can't even, like nowadays, I'm almost 
nuts when my children ride their bikes in the neighborhood. Because I'm like, okay, y'all need to come back around this corner every 15 minutes. <laughs> you know? Right. And if I don't see you and I have to come and look for you, there's going to be a problem. And you better, you know, I say, and if you get abducted, you better let me know. <laughs> you know? Because <laughs> if you don't come around this corner, that would be the only reason. You know? And, and, and the only reason I, I do that is because I know that there are predators in my neighborhood. I know where they live, and I know who they are. Okay. You know, because I, I keep myself abreast of who they are. You know, and for the most part, the ones that are in my neighborhood were like kids when they were 19 dating somebody that was in, you know, high school at 14. And, right. You know, something like that. So, like, for the ones that live directly in my neighborhood, there was about two or three, I believe, that that was the case because you could look at their age and you can tell, oh, he's just 22 he got busted six years ago. Okay, put the dots together, you know. Right. But, you know, and but most people don't know where they live. They don't know who they are, you know. And I know that's just one phase of children that are abducted and murdered and so forth, you know. But the other one is just that, you know, you have kids nowadays that, you know, they they want to be the adult, you know. And, you know, we have to be mindful of the fact that kids nowadays, they may think they know everything, but they don't know everything. And you know what's so sad? Because they're exposed to so much at such a younger age. Things that we never had to deal with until we were in our teens, our children are dealing with them in four or five. Right. So they're just growing up so much faster and they're exposed to so many different things that they honestly do think they're grown. Mm-hmm. And it, And because they want to be grown, they don't want to live by the rules, and in turn, because they don't want to live by the rules, they tend to run away. You know, let me ask you a question. Do you think there's a larger emphasis being put on younger kids versus older kids that are missing? I think when a younger child goes missing, um, there is more of an emphasis because at that point they're figuring that the child has been abducted, that it isn't just I'm running away or there's a problem in the household and the child has gone with a boyfriend or that the child has just left. And, you know, especially if a child has a tendency to run away constantly. But with a younger child, because you feel that they're vulnerable, you know, it just pulls more at your heartstrings and you tend to give it more attention the younger they are. That's why if you ever notice when it's a younger child, you may hear about it on the news. Right. Or you may hear someone talking about it or you may see a flyer posted because it's a younger child and it's like, oh, my goodness, they can't take care of themselves, they can't fend for themselves, someone has taken them. Opposed to an older child, like, well, are you sure that someone stole them? Are you sure that they were adopted? Are you sure that they haven't run away? You know, then they begin to question you. And in that questioning process, you're losing time. Right. Do you think, uh, this is Greg, I'm sorry. Do you think that there's also a difference between the sexes, the the boys and the girls? Do you think that they try to find one that, you know, they put a little bit more emphasis on one than they do the other? Because what I see now on the Amber Alerts, I see it's like it's more of little girls missing. I think that may be true only in the sense that a boy may fight back. Okay. Whereas a girl, you know, most most of these abductors are male, so they're not they they overpower them. But a boy, he might fight fight back, or boys hang out in groups. You know, they kind of do the group thing. So it's a little different. I don't think so much that it's more emphasis. I just think that less boys are being taken because of the fact that the risk factors are higher. Because the boy might fight back, he's going to try to figure out how to get out, whereas the girl, she may be afraid, and she may not, her instincts may not kick in to fight back. Boy's instincts are fight back. Yes, yes. And I was reading today, I saw something on, uh, I can't remember where it was, but I, I saw today that a lot of times when we say kids are missing, a lot of times they may be with one parent that's probably just left the state without uh, I guess the state's permission or whatever and they will and they'll put it out there that that person is uh is missing. Do you guys have that a lot? Um 
Well, no, by the time that we go into for our children, our children are definitely missing. They're not, they, now they may be missing because they are with a, like you said, a parent that isn't authorized to take them, but it's still considered missing. Yes, yes. And right. That's, 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 and a lot of times I've, I've seen that, but when you go in places like Walmart, when you go in places like the post office, you'll see where they have uh, kids on there, but honestly, it is sad that I have to say this, I don't remember seeing a black kid on a milk carton. I, I just don't remember seeing that. Because they aren't. They aren't. That's why you don't remember seeing one. Do you remember seeing one on the billboard? No. Okay, because we aren't. And that's the whole message behind saving our children. We're trying to just bring awareness to the fact that our children are missing and that it's our responsibilities as African Americans to look at these children, to look at these faces, to look at these slides and see that our children are missing and look for them. You know, to, you have to really look because the media is not going to do it for us. We have to do it ourselves. And, you know, we don't know how many children have come back from our slideshow, but if one comes back, we're praising God for it. If one doesn't get taken because they're learning something from us about how to protect their children, how to make sh- to know what to do if your child goes missing, the fact that you need to have a photo, a recent photo of at least every six months so that someone, you know, if your child does go missing, they can say this is what they look like. So many times a child may go missing and you have a photograph of when he was an infant. Well, he's four. He's not looking like that anymore. Right. So you really need to keep these things up to date. You need to know what they're wearing when they leave out the house. So if they're missing, you can say, okay, this is what he had on. This is what he's wearing. You know, this is how he looked. These are his identifying marks if he has a large, like my son has a birthmark on his um, arm. So that would be the first thing that I would say because that might be something that might draw someone's attention. He wears glasses. He has red hair. He has um, blonde hair. He has braces. These are all things that you really need to make sure that you let the authorities know, and you need to call the authorities as soon as possible. Yeah. You know, I was thinking about what you said about um, the billboards where children aren't on there, and to date the only one that I can, you know, remember is in Florida a couple of years back there was a child that had gone missing um, out of the foster system. And they couldn't find this child. She was five years old, and it was just just a blatant mess up, you know, where people weren't doing the right thing, and they had placed her in this ha- this family, that family, and then the child went missing, and they still haven't found her. But she's the only child that I can, rem- you know, as far as an African-American child, that I can remember being put on a billboard. And this was actually done because the state was looking at, you know, some serious liability issues because they had lost a child. Right. They dropped the you know, ball. And and it's sad because, you know, a lot of foster children are missing. Yes. You know, I mean, when you think about it, I know two right now personally. Actually, one girl, they actually found her, and she she was found in D.C. And she oh, right. In Florida. You know, the other one, they say they last saw her in Georgia, you know, and she's been missing for a couple of months, but she ran away, you know. And I know other foster children that um, that have been, you know, either in my family's care, you know, or somebody I know care, and they've run away several times, you know. And so what do you do when you have someone who's, who's you know, who runs away? And, and you can tell I, I, I'm getting really passionate about this because, you know, the last thing I want to see is a, is a missing child that a child murdered. You know, and I think right. any parent, you know, can can agree with me on that. You know, you never want to see anybody else's child go missing, and you definitely don't want to see your child go missing. But really, what do you do when when that child is missing? You know, what I know you gave some of the steps, but, you know, when – I guess you just have to be calm, you know, and, I, and I'm kind of like answering the question for you. I'm sorry, but 
you know, the first the first thought that I have, even like when my child got missing for like thirty seconds, you know, I panicked. Yeah, and that's the first thing that you do. You panic, which is the worst thing to do, because what you need to do is be able to remain calm. And the first thing you do is you call the well. Actually, if the child is missing from the home, you go and you search in different areas. You know where a child could hide, because sometimes if they're a small child, they could be playing hide and go seek, but you're not aware they're playing hide and go seek. Ah. So you check the closet. You know, you check behind the couch if they can go there. You check under the bed. Any place that a small child can fit, you check in the cabinets. You know, and you'd be surprised how many children you thought were lost were just hiding in the home. You check outside in the car. You make sure you check the trunk. You know, these are places that children will hide. The dryer, now with these front-loading washing machines, you know, these are places where children can hide. So you check there, and then once you check the house and the perimeter of the home, then you call the authorities. You call the police and you tell them that your child is missing. But you make sure that you tell them that you want your child to be listed in the um, National Crime Information Center for Missing Children mm-hmm. because that sends out an alert all over. That's the NCIC. Yes. Okay. And you put them in there, and you but you have to tell them because a lot of local law enforcement, they're not really familiar with the procedures of what to do when a child is missing. Right. So you have to really know what to do. And after you have, you know, alerted the authorities, then I would strongly suggest that you contact the um, the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children, mm-hmm. and their number is 1-800-THE-LOST. Ms. Thomas, from the... When I spoke to you the first time about coming on the show, yeah. for, some, for some reason it, it was it stayed on my mind to just start checking bulletin boards and to just pay close attention to what's happening and to the kids that are missing, that have gone missing, and and for, that have been missing for a while. And to be honest, it's really sad that I saw more posters of dogs missing yes, than children, than black children. My God. <laughs> I really did. I saw that. I saw bulletins all over the place. Okay, I, I don't mean to, to be mean, but look at Michael Vick. You hear more compassion and more sympathy for those dogs than you hear for children who are missing. I mean, it's just, it's sad, but for some reason... Our children aren't as deemed as important as animals sometimes, and that's the sad part. I mean, if you think about it, 33% of children are African-American. Who is their voice? How many people do you really see getting behind this and saying, you know, this is an atrocity and something needs to be done? What can we we do as a people now? Now that this is coming to the front, I mean, it's, it, people are listening um, right now. What what is what what are our first steps to do to help solve this situation? Our first step to solve the situation is to take responsibility for your household to make sure that your child does not become a statistic. To make sure that when you go out to the movies, you hold your child's hand and you know where they are. I mean, it's not always easy. But you have to kind of be aware of your surroundings, and you need to have some kind of system in place that if we get separated, you know that you do A, B, C, and D. If we get separated, you go to the nearest security officer and tell him that you're lost. Make sure your children, as young as they are, that they know their phone numbers, that they know their names, that they know their parents' names. You'll be so surprised how many four-year-olds, when you say, what's your mother's name? Mommy. Mm-hmm. You know, teach your children your name. I mean, I know a lot of times parents, oh, but I don't want them to have my name because somebody might try to do something. Yeah, but you know what? Just like someone may try to do something, they may be in a position where they need to know this information and they don't have it. So teach them your name. Teach them their name. Let them articulate their name clearly. My name is Courtney Thomas. My mother's name is Courtney Thomas. We live in Queens. 
We live in New York. I mean, if they have the basics, it's a starting point. Yes. And no, then I've seen situations where parents don't allow their children to, like, even know their names just because they don't want them calling them by their name. Right. You know, like my children, they all know my name, but they know to call me daddy. <laughs> you know what I mean? But they know my name. You know, and and a lot of times most parents will look at it as a respect thing. Well, you know, they don't need to know my name. All they need to know is I'm their mama or I'm their daddy. Right. <laughs> but we live in a society now where, you know, and, and just like you said earlier, some people may use that as, you know, as a means to abduct your child. You know, what's your mama's name? Oh, well, your mama, yeah, that's my friend, you know, such and such. Joanna, she's my friend. That's your mama's name, right? You know, and they'll trick kids. But I think more often than not, if the child knows their mother's name, you know, they'll they'll that will help them more than more than hurt them. Definitely, and also, just like you said, if someone comes to you and says, uh, "Your mother told me to pick you up," set up a code with your child and with the key people who are supposed to pick them up. So if it's a stranger and your child doesn't know the stranger, say, really? So what did she tell you? And have a code and make your code be whatever. Your code could be Nemo. So if this person has really been authorized to pick up your child, they'll say, Mommy said Nemo. Okay, then I know I'm supposed to go with you. I mean, it sounds crazy, but this is what we have to do to protect our children. If it's someone that your child does not know. And then sometimes you may have somebody that your child does know. Oh, that's, you know, Sister So-and-So from the church. It's okay to go with her, but if Mommy didn't tell Sister So-and-So to come and pick you up, she didn't tell you in the morning someone was coming to pick you up. So we need to have something in place that the child will feel comfortable and know if someone different is picking you up, get the code. If somebody tells you Mommy came to pick you up and they don't know the code, you run. That's true. And you, and you, know, you run. That's what you do. You run. You know, before it used to be stranger danger, stranger danger. But, you know, our children need to know, and they need to be able to have something that they do know. Where can we go if we want to see the missing children uh, that have been reported missing? Is there a database or is there some, somewhere we can go to take a look to try to help put that information out there? Yes, um, you can go to Jan's MySpace page. It's www.myspace.com backslash H as in Harry, F as in Frank, M as in Mary, B as in boy, C as in cat. And it stands for Help Find Missing Black Children. Wow. Ms. Thomas, let's, let's, let's change a little bit. I want to talk about the older kids. In the, okay. So the kids that are dealing with the Internet now. They're meeting strangers, and you know they may live in Florida, and they may the, the the person that they're dealing with may live in California or Oregon somewhere. Okay. How often do you guys get information on kids that are missing that are teenagers? I know you said that it's more of a heart, you know, pulling thing when the kids are, are younger, five, six years old or, or younger. But what about those that are fifteen and sixteen that? You know, they have a background for running away and going out and doing God knows what. How, how do you guys deal with that? You need to prevent them from yes, yes. doing that again? Yes. Um, my real recommendation would be they need counseling. Yes. And they, they need to go to someone that they feel they can trust, and they need to understand that they are loved and that they're important, and that they matter. Because a lot of these girls, and I only speak of girls because those are usually the ones who leave, a lot of them are looking to these gentlemen on the street who are telling them that they love them, who are giving them these big, grand dreams. Oh, I love you. I'm going to take care of you. And, you know, for that first week he does because he's getting her into position so he can use her, so he can sell her. And what our children don't see is where he's taking her to. And by the time he gets her there, the relationship with the family may not be so strong. She's afraid to call or come home. She may not feel that she can call and come home. And as parents, we need to let our children know, no matter what you do, mommy and daddy love you and we are here for you. 
And I think if we instill that in our children and they know that they may, they're going to go astray, but they will come back. And and if you, they know that if they come back, you're going to accept them. And, I mean, of course we're going to have a talk with them, but you have to find out why they did what they did. Yes. A child doesn't just run away just because they want something to do. I mean, when I was little, I had a bag packed, and I would tell my mother I was running away to Germany. And I kept that bag packed, and I was like eight years old. And I would kept saying, but I never left. But that was my way of threatening her because I couldn't get ice cream or something. But <laughs> these adults, these children now, like you said, they have access to the Internet. They have access to individuals who know how old they are, who get into their heads and start planning seeds. Oh, well, you know, if you come and live with me or if you come out here with me, I'll take care of you. I'm going to let you do what you want to do, you know. And parents have to be in, they have to be alert. They have to be aware. I got a MySpace page because my nieces are teens now. And I needed to know, well, what's going on in MySpace? What's going on out there? I have a son that's 10. He's not into MySpace, and I'm thankful that he's not. But these are things, whatever's going on in society, as parents, we need to be on top of it. We need to know just as much as they do because they're already four steps ahead of us. Yeah. And you have to be involved. You have to know. You know, I started out not actually not liking MySpace. I kept saying, oh, MySpace, no, that's a bunch of decadence, and I don't <laughs> want anything to do with it. You know, but now that I've been on MySpace and I see, you know, and I use it for its intended purpose, you know, what I see out there is there are a lot of kids that are on MySpace, you know, and they're not, they don't always know what's going on, you know, when they're, when they're sending out information. You know, I, right. I get on, like I have a bunch of nieces, and some of my nieces, they ha- I'm on their MySpace page, they're on my MySpace page, they're my friends. But I have a couple of them that, under no circumstances, will they let me be their MySpace friend. <laughs> and so I had to let them know. I said, do you think, you know, that I need your password to get into your MySpace page? You know, and it, because I had to teach them. I said, look, if I really wanted to see what you were doing on your MySpace page, all I'd have to do is get a picture of some little kid on MySpace, put it in my profile, and create a page of that kid and send you a friend request and wait. Right. I said, that's what the predators do. Do you think a predator is going to show you that he's a 57-year-old man from Oregon that, you know, been in trouble with the law a couple hundred times? No, he's going to dress up his page to look like a kid's page. Right. So when he talks to you, you're going to think he's 15 years old and that he likes 10 and 11-year-olds. But in actuality, he's going to say, I'm, I'm going to be in Florida or where are you from? Oh, I'm going to be in that town. Maybe we can meet at, at the ice cream parlor. And, of course, or maybe we can meet at the mall. Where's the mall down there? You know, And they're going to converse with you for a couple weeks or maybe even a couple months. And once they get your, once they win your trust, they're gonna they're gonna meet you somewhere, and that's the thing that I keep trying to drill into their head, that these people are out there, and right. they and they and some of them are just straight up blatant. I mean, if you watch Dateline, these people are going to houses and and you know meeting these kids online. Who knows what they're gonna do? You know, thank God Dateline's catching a lot of them, but. The sad part about it is they don't have enough room to show all the shows. As I'm not mistaken, there was a young lady who had a page, and she did get killed by someone that she met on MySpace. Hmm. And um, it, it was someone that she went to meet, and then it was the things that she was discussing on her page. I mean, you could tell that she really had a lot of problems going on. But because the parents aren't involved, the parents aren't, you know, they, we just don't get involved because we, like you said, we have this preconceived notion of what it is. Anything that is invented can be used for bad or for good. It's all in how you manipulate it. Right. And that's what people have to realize. There's positive, just like there's negative. There's positive, there's saving our children. 
there's positive, there's women who are empowering other women. There are a lot of positive things out there where you can help people, but there's also that negative element where these kids are trying to hook up with these kids and they're not really kids, they're adults, because there are a lot of sick individuals out there. But that's why as parents, we have to pop in sometime and see what our children are doing. You know, but we don't have, Go ahead, I'm sorry. Like I, children, you know, they have these computers in their room, then they close the doors and the parents can't go in the room. That's out. <laughs> yeah, here it is in my house. No privacy. None. <laughs> yeah. You don't pay a rent if you look. No, uh-uh, that's not happening. But you have to set these guidelines, and people have to know when you go in, you know, you just go and you check. My son, he's always on YouTube, but we walk by to see what he's looking at. You know, and if he closes that computer, then I have to go and do a search and say, okay, well, why were you here? What were you looking at? Mm-hmm. You know, but this is what we have to do because – they, this is the technology age, so they have to be equipped, they have to be ready, they have to be able to compete. But we have to monitor and make sure that what they're competing with is what it should be and that they're not getting exposed to things that they shouldn't be. Yeah. And that's the hardest part. Yes, it is. You know, I, I was thinking about uh, some little girls in their teens, some teenagers that probably been raped before in their lives, and a lot of times it has to do with it's sad to say this, but, you know, the, the mother may make a bad decision and allow somebody to come into the house that really is not that trustworthy. She think, she may think he is, and then she may leave that person alone with her child. That happens a lot. Yes, it does. It, it happens every day, actually. And this yeah. person, And this person uh, raped or molested a child, when the child tried to tell the parents that this is going on, the mother get upset with the child. It turns a dead ear. Yes. Yeah. And, and and it's so sad because it's not always just an outside person. Those fathers are doing that to their own biological daughters. I mean, it's just it's just sad. And as women, we have to start listening to our children. If you you have to know the signs. You have to you really have to know your child. But you have to know the signs. If your child turns away and all of a sudden she doesn't want to look at you, or she used to be a happy child and now she's sad. Why? What changed? What made this happen? You know, we have to be in tune, and sometimes we're not in tune because we're caught up in what we're going through. But I just would ask each and every mother, if your daughter ever comes to you, or even your son now, because it's so sons are even being molested now. Yes. Yeah. Well, and, well, it's being talked about more. They, it's always been there, but now people are coming out about it, and it's not the same shame isn't put on it as it was put before on the victim. Just listen to what they're telling you. They have no reason to lie. And I know it may hurt as an adult to think that someone who you love, who you thought was protecting you, is now abusing your child, and you start to have to look at yourself and wonder, what signs did I miss? But you have to get beyond that and help this child because that's something that's going to scar for a lifetime. And then, as you were saying, those are the things that push them out further. Because it's like, well, they feel like they're used property, they're no good to anyone, and then, well, this is all I know how to do, this is all I'm good for, and it's just a recurring recycle, and they just keep going and, you know, through different stages, and then it goes from that, then it can fall into drugs, and I mean, it can just spiral downhill from there. You know, I was thinking about how we, when we do see the... Uh the media portray the abduction, you know, even, you know, not just with children, but even with adults. And, uh, you know, I know we, we kind of talked about this earlier, like, you know, the fact that we don't see a lot of African Americans on billboards. We don't see them on the milk carton, you know, and we don't see a whole lot of them in the news. You know, if a child is being abducted every 40 seconds, you know, and, 33% of them are African-American children, you know, then by definition of that, you would think that, you know, at least one out of every three kids that you see on TV, you know, that they show and they talk about being abducted would be a black child. You know, and so what do you think is the real issue, you know, behind them not having, you know, 
African Americans on, you know, showing African Americans abducted. I mean, I know here in the United States, you know, they have shown African Americans as well as, you know, other races. But I can recall the other day they had the, they had a child who was missing from England. And, you know, it had become international news in less than 24 hours. Right. But yet, and still we have, you know, children right here in the United States that go missing every day, every 40 seconds, and you don't hear anything. It's almost like it's silent. You know, and it's, it's, to me, it's just absurd. You know, and I know there's only so much you can do. You know, and so, I, I mean, I really applaud your efforts, you know, with your organization because, you know, they're bringing to light something that's just horrible. You know, something that's just, you know, how could you not want to put that out as news? When you see some of the stuff that they put out as news, you know right away that it's just, this is garbage, you know. Nobody cares about this. You know, who cares that, you know, whosoever went to jail and got out in 30 minutes and they cried and stuff like that. That's not, you know, I could care less. Exactly. But it becomes news. Okay, somebody's going to have a baby and they're, you know, and it's such and such as baby, but he doesn't know for sure. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. it becomes such a voyeuristic society that, you know, the important news is sort of at the end of the show when you're really not paying that much attention because you're waiting on the Tonight Show or something like that to come on. You know what I mean? And I, I just can't fathom why we couldn't have, like, a complete segment in our news that focused on that, just like we do the weather, just like we do, the you know, the global news. We could have a, you know, this child is missing. Have you seen her? Well, Eyewitness News in New York does do a segment. It's um, They do two children a night um, of a child that's missing. I have to say they do do that. Mm-hmm. And I, I think I may have seen one or two African-American children on there. But on a whole, I can't think of any other station that does that in New York. Now, I can't speak for other states because obviously I'm based in New York. But I don't, no, I don't see that. You know, do you think it's it's maybe because of resources or politics or the fact that maybe New York has so many more people? You know, because to me it would seem that if there's a child missing and they go missing every, you know, on the average every 40 seconds, that means that in, let's say, a, a city of 100,000, you know, if there's 20%, you know, well, Let's not even go with the numbers. To me, it seems that you would have at least one to two children every day that you could put on the news saying, hey, this child is missing. Have you seen her? This person's missing. Have you seen him? You know, this this child ran away. Have you seen her? Have you seen him? You know, we usually see it maybe once a week. They might flash it on America's Most Wanted, you know, on on when that comes on. Right. But for the most part, you don't see it. You know, it's sort of like, okay, this is more important. we got to get our ratings, you know. Yeah, it's not, it's not big news. It's not important. And until we as a society start making some ruckus about it, it's not going to happen. Because that means that we're taking time away from their advertisers. The advertisers are money. It's a money issue. So that's why children who come from wealthy parents, you may see them make the news. Or if there's a very, um, if there are some questionable circumstances about why a child may be missing, then you might see it on the news. But if it's just a regular child that's missing, you're not going to hear about it. I mean, think about it. How many things go on daily in the African-American community that's never newsworthy, according to society? But if we're shooting someone or if we're rapping or doing something like that, that's big news. Like I have a friend that her son went um, overseas for a mission, and he met um, 
you know, the, they, let's say I can't, he was in, um, oh, my goodness, where was he? Oh, where was he? I can't remember right now off the top of my head where he was. But let's say he was in Tibet. Mm-hmm. And when he was in Tibet, he, you know, met the locals because they were teaching him the language and doing mission and everything. And the two of the boys came over to him and said, what's up, my, and called him the N-word. And he was, like, appalled. And he was, like, so he kind of let it go, and then they kept talking to him, and they kept using that terminology to refer to him. And so he pulled them aside, and he said, why are you calling me this? Why are you saying this to me? He said, oh, because we watch the rappers, and that's what they call each other. So then he explained to them that it was a derogatory term and that it was something that they shouldn't see, you know, and that they shouldn't speak to people like that. But they didn't know. They're going by what they see. This is what's depicted of us out in the world. Mm-hmm. So not doing something in a negative light or if it's not something super positive, we're not going to get exposure. And that's why we have to take it into our hands and start getting the message out and asking our churches to get involved. You know, we started the grassroots. Yeah. You know, we, we can do our own milk carton. We, we can't, sometimes we can't wait for other people to do things for us. We have to do them for ourselves. Yeah. And that's what saving our children is trying to do. We're trying to just get the word out, just get a buzz, just get some traffic to a site to just look at a picture. I mean, we're not going out and physically looking for the children. We will give resources to show you what you should do to try to prevent it from happening because we're more for preventative. But if they are out there, we want you to look at their faces, to read their statistics, to know where they came from. You know, and on Missing and Exploited Children, they do um, to show you how the children may age and how they may look because some of them have been missing for so long. Right. And so it's just a matter of getting the word out. It's a matter of getting involved. It's people like you, Brian, and Gregory who really have taken it to heart and say, okay, this is something that we feel strongly for and something that we want to be a part of. We want to do whatever we can. We have a newspaper that has agreed to run, you know, two children a month. That's a big thing because that's taking up space out of his newspaper. That's right, right. You know, so there are people now that are coming to us and saying, we heard what you're doing, we want to get involved. Well, you know, what can we do to help? How can we help? What can we do? And, you know, and, that, and that's how it starts. And that's an awesome, that's a, that's an awesome thing. The it way, really is the way that you the way that the way that you guys are going. You're blessing a lot of people, and to just think a mother is home without her child, out in this big world, and we know how cruel this world could be. The people oh, outside yeah. this world, and we just don't know what's going on with their child. You know that mother's not going to rest until that child comes home. But when she goes to or he or she goes to the police department, and like you said earlier, the a lot of times the local police, they don't know what to do and how to deal with a situation like this. That's true because one time my husband had my son in the store. My, he turned around and my son disappeared. And, you know, his whole thought was, what am I going to tell his mother? That's right. You know, then, you know, he went and he called, he told security, and they shut down the store, and they, you know, put out, it's a, they didn't call it an Amber Alert. They called it something else in the store but which meant, you know, everything was locked down. No one could go in the store. No one could go out the store. Come to find out, my son was over by the seafood aisle because he wanted to look at the lobsters. (laughs) (laughs) You know, so it's one of those things where you want to kill him, but then you're hugging him and kissing him because, you know, this is just like you just don't do this. And he's like, but, Daddy, I wanted to go and see the fish, you know. And meanwhile, his heart is racing, and he's like, oh, my God, someone saw my child, someone saw my child. But these are things that happen. And But just as quickly as he could be over there looking at the fish, he could also have gone and someone could have taken him. Mm. This is why we have to really keep our hold on our children. And if something like that happens, we have to alert security immediately immediately so they can shut down all access so no one can get in and out. Mm. Especially like if it's in a department store because it's easier for them to shut down the store. Now, if you're in a mall, it's harder. But these are things that we really have to learn. These are things that we have to do. We were in the 
another store in a KB store, and there was a pedophile in there, and he was bothering the children. And I went and I told security, and, you know, they escorted him out. Okay, but just escorting him out is just going to take him to go to a different store. I mean, he was just really following this one little boy. And I'm like, okay, where are the parents? And like I said, the mother was in Marshall's, and she had let him go into KB Toys. Mm. And this man is just walking around, oh, you like that toy? I could buy that toy. He was trying to talk to my son. And my son was like, no, my mother buy anything I need. <laughs> he walked away <laughs> because we told him, don't talk to strangers. You know, and I and I pressed on them very hard. You know, we go in these stores. Now everybody's not nice. Everyone's nothing. And it's sad that you have to teach children this at such a young age, but they need to know. That's true. Absolutely. Absolutely. Ms. Thomas, I want you to give out the information again on getting, you know, on how to get to the, the websites with the missing children. Okay, we have a phone number. Okay. It's for the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. Mm-hmm. It's 1-800-THE-LOST, L-O-S-T. Okay. And then the other place that they need to contact would be the um, to let the police know to contact the National Crime Information Center for Missing Persons to have them put on the files. And then we definitely want them to visit our MySpace page. Okay. And that's www.myspace.com and the initials for Help Find Missing Black Children, HFMBC. All right. Well, Ms. Thomas, we definitely... We definitely thank you for coming on and sharing with us. You've definitely given us some information that we can use. You know, you've given me some insight and some ideas on some things that we can use here locally. Uh, You know, we're based in Tallahassee, Florida, and, you know, there are definitely some things that I would want to, you know, relay over to, like the authorities, you know, in our area, you know, as well as some people at my church, you know, that um, at my church we go out and we do mission work. We go out in the local community. And it'd be a great, you know, tool to use, you know, to educate other people that while we're out there sharing Christ to them, we can also share some information to them about how we can keep our children safe and out of harm's way. Yes, and I'd just like to say thank you so much to Janice Lowry because this was her vision given to her from God. And she has just blessed so many people and has just shared it with everyone. And it, we just really just keep her in prayer because this is an awesome ministry. Yes, it is. It is wonderful. It really is. And, you know, looking for lost for missing children, you know, I don't know if I could do it. but <laughs> Ms. Thomas, if you had the opportunity to stand before people, before some mothers of children, what would your message be? My message would be, let your children know that they are loved. Let your children know that they are important. Listen to your children, but most of all, keep your eye on your children. Don't let them out of your sight because they are precious. And when they're gone, you can't get them back. Mm. You know, I saw at one of the police stations, they have classes. They offer different programs for the communities uh, on how to deal with situations like this and how to deal with the predators and and there are so many things out there now where they with the predators they have to register and you can go on the internet and put some things in and it'll tell you where those where the predators live and surprisingly most of them live around schools yes and and what's really sad is a lot of the communities don't even know that they're coming into the community mm. and that's why we really need to be involved in our civic associations, because they make a difference. Yeah. You know, people, when you're looking for a child, it's probably one of the most heart-wrenching moments that you'll ever experience. You know, we talk about, you know, all different types of things on the news, on the radio. We talk about sports, we talk about fashion. You know, we talk about 
Britney Spears, <laughs> you know, just about everybody. <laughs> and the one thing that we don't hear enough about is about missing children. You know, we have to do what we can, and we have to do our best to find these children. With that being said, you know, we thank you again, Ms. Thomas, for coming on. Yes, thank you so much. Thank your organization for what you all are doing out there in the community. And with that being said, you've been listening to the Abundant Solutions Hour, where our goal is to help others be more, do more, and have more. And Ms. Thomas, you definitely helped us accomplish that goal tonight. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. And thank you for having us and supporting Saving Our Children. Thank you. Thank you. Listeners, we'll see you again soon. Good night. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully, it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.